What is this episode about? Okay, I'm just gonna say, first of all, like, why are the midterms like that? Oh, 100%. Like, why are the oh my midterms god. Like that? <laughs> I just, like, do not understand. I don't even know what you're referring to exactly, and I agree. <laughs> well, it, okay, like, multi, like, admittedly did not take me that long, which I was expecting because he said it would take you like 50 minutes if it was like an in person exam. Which, like, yes, I would agree that, like, 99% of the questions were, except for 6B, which was, like, an algebraic nightmare. Oh, we love that. I just gave up. I was like, there's no, it's... We love an algebraic nightmare. I, like, did an entire page of work, and I was like, there's no way that this is correct. Like, there's no way he's gonna make us do it. Because also, we had to plug in points, but then the point was, like, T equals zero. So then everything would go to zero unless you got all the way to the end. Like, you had to go to the last step oh to plug God. it in for it to be an actual number. And I was like, what? That's the worst. That's the worst. But it was just oh like God. the rest of the test was fine. It was just that one question. And it was worth, like, four points. And I was like, there's no way this is worth four points. Yeah, no. Mine was not nearly that bad. I, like, did not understand, though, like, how... Okay, so he said that the test... Because we learned... We went over integration by parts. Yeah. Like, this week, right? Like, right before the test. And so he was like, okay, so none of chapter eight is going to be on the test. It's only me chapter seven. So like there was no integration by parts on the test. There wasn't supposed to be any. <laughs> there wasn't and supposed so, to be any. No, okay. But also like, okay, I don't understand. Like I literally, I do not understand. Because first of all, the midterm practice he gave us, yes, like you could have done it without integration by parts, but like, why would you want to? Like it was just so like... It's so ugly if you did it without it. And I was like, what is he expecting us to do? And I was like, okay, maybe like they won't be on the test or whatever. But no. On the test, like one of the questions was like, I don't remember exactly what it was. But basically like you did it and then you got the integral of like, um, yeah, no, it was the area between the curves question. And one of the curves was arctangent x. And so you had to do like the integral of arctangent x, which like you can do without integration by parts, but it's like the most annoying thing and the most disgusting thing. What does he want us to do? Like, why would you not use integration by parts on arctangent? Like, no, but my physics one was just, first of all, like what we went over in class, a lot of it wasn't in the test. Like there was no Atwood's problem and there was no like, he went over conveyor belt problems and he didn't do any of that. It was also all symbolic, which I have nothing against, but also it was all symbolic. Like, I guess this was nice, but like he would ask us to like prove something, you know, with our equations that we found symbolically. Yeah. And I was like, this is nice, but also you're making me aware that like, I know my answers are wrong. <laughs> That's like such a mood though. Every time they say prove, I get so scared because I'm like, I know I'm not gonna be able to do this right. <laughs> no, the math mentor was really weird because like the first two questions were like super easy. Like they were just examples. So it was like, give an example of a function that's defined on like the interval blah and it has an inverse or whatever. And you had to like find the inverse. And then one of them was like, give an example of two functions that are like, uh, you know, like the less than less than symbol. I think. Yeah, like the one where it's like at the limit of like h over, limit of like f over g goes to zero if it's like, if um, f is less than, less than, less than g. It's like that thing. I don't know. It's like to do like growth. Okay. And so, yeah. And so he was like, just give two functions that satisfy that and then prove it. And I was like, this feels too easy, especially considering that like we can use like, like we can use like everything. Like we can just use the internet if we want to. Like, yeah, the multi one for me felt like that. It was, I felt like it was like an in-person yes. test. It was just like a little bit harder to account for the fact you can cheat. I was like, I understand that like you can't do that, but like the ones that were like given example of, I was like, that's so like, 
Considering the fact I can just search up an example, like, that's so weird. The physics, the mechanics one, he wrote it so that the graders would have an easier time grading it, which I understand, but it got really annoying yeah. when I, they, like, defined the axis systems, and then they were like, use these oh. axis systems, and I was like, this is not an intuitive way of doing it. That's the worst. I don't know. It was just really wild. It took me forever. Partially because, like, I don't know mechanics, but, like, partially because it was just nothing like the homework. I even looked at the challenge problems afterwards that he gave us to, like, review for the test, and they weren't even like the challenge problems either. Oh, yeah, no, that, the same thing, yeah, no, he gave us, like, the, the practice problems for the midterm, and it was literally nothing was like the practice problems. <laughs> Fun fact, I got the shortest length of mic that I could get. And the shortest length of mic I could get was 12 feet. I mean, yeah, that's... So I have, I have... It makes sense, but it's also like I just have 12 feet of cord. <laughs> I mean, now you can put your phone all the way across the room. That is true. I could do that if I, if I wanted to do that. I could indeed do that. Philosophy is wild. We also, like, don't have, like, the next three classes or something, and it's a little bit... But we have, we have one class, and then we just don't have the rest of them. I mean, like, that's not his fault, but it's also just, like, can we get to time travel? Honestly, we're all, but like he keeps saying we're behind and it's like stressing me out because I'm like I want to do time travel. Okay, it's been 13 minutes. Gosh. Okay. Oh gosh. Okay. But hello and welcome to the first episode of It's Not That Deep, but let's start digging. This is our seventh or eighth recording session. Yeah, we're re-recording this episode because the audio got all messed up for no um, reason on my end. Sorry, y'all. Honestly, do not know why. It was just this one episode's recording. Yeah, like it was just, I don't know. I don't know, man. So we're re-recording this on Halloween, by the way. And then you're going to you're gonna listen to this and then you're going to get to, what, the seventh episode or the sixth episode? Yeah, the sixth episode. And we're also recording that on today. So. Um, yeah, we're recording both of those today. The reason we waited so long to re-record was mostly because we just needed time to like not think about what we actually said in the episode and like I completely forgot what I said in the episode. Yeah, me too. I, I literally, I do not know. I think I remember one thing I said in the episode and nothing else. I remember else. The, like the very broad strokes. Like I don't remember specifically what we said. Yeah. So anyway, here we are again recording another two hours of us talking about the Facebook movie. <laughs> Yeah, yep, the Facebook movie. The, the Facebook movie really did, like, both of us went into it being like, oh, it's the Facebook movie, okay. Well, like, okay, my conception of the social network was this one Tumblr post about, it wasn't even about the social network entirely, it was about writing and how people, like, ship the two characters who, like, if you have, like, a protagonist, right, the person that they will ship them with is the person whose emotional story is, like, based around yeah, Even yeah, if yeah. you, like, tell yeah. them that, like, they have a crush on someone else, we never really see the fact that this other person is more important emotionally. No one's really gonna care. And they use the social network as an example. But, like, that was my impression of the movie, and that was why I wanted to watch it, because of, like, there's a one post on Tumblr. <laughs> so I did not see that post, but um, the reason why I wanted to watch it was, one, like, you said it was, like, good, and I was like, ah, okay, I trust Phoebe's taste in movies, so I was like, I'll watch it. And then, um, also, what, like, really solidified it for me was, like, my brother... My brother was like, no, it's like one of the best movies I've ever watched. Um, my brother is not the most like, you know, art oriented, creative oriented type of person. He's an engineering, like <laughs> he doesn't really care much about like art and stuff. So, but like what he likes, I usually will also like. We have very similar tastes as well because my brother has a really high threshold for like what is good and what isn't. And so when he said that The Social Network was like one of his favorite movies, I was like, okay, I guess I have to watch it now, don't I? 
Also, Jesse Eisenberg and Andrew Garfield are in the are in it, which those are two of my favorite people just like before the social network happened even. Like, I just like them as people. I didn't actually know Andrew Garfield was in it until I started watching it. And then I was like, wait, is that Andrew Garfield? That's so funny. <laughs> I was like, Spider-Man's in this movie? <laughs> we watched it back in late June, early July. At the time, I didn't really think about it too much. And then I rewatched it early September. And then I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Tumblr was actually like onto something here. <laughs> I think I didn't think about it much until the halfway point of the movie. We hit like the halfway point of the movie and my mom, who like, okay, again, not just my brother, my entire family is like not, my dad's probably the most media like anal analysis person like me, but like I'm still like way worse than the rest of them. And so I'm watching this movie with my mom and my mom in the middle of the movie goes, you know, I don't think Erica matters. <laughs> And we're like in the middle of the movie. And I was like, okay. I was like, I was like, I think you're onto something here. So we continue watching the movie. And then like we hit that scene where Eduardo comes out and smashes his laptop, you know, that part. And my mom goes, Why do Mark and Eduardo seem like they're dating? And I was like, okay, so this is the point of the movie. Got it. And then, like the fact that my mom picked up on that out of everyone. It's interesting because Aaron Sorkin, who wrote the script, and then David Fincher who directed, they don't think of it that way. Like, I don't think they think of it that way at all, but Jesse Eisenberg and Andrew Garfield are very much aware of how it plays like a love story. And it like played into it while they were filming too. But it's just like so wild. Cause like, yes, it's not, but also like, how do you watch the movie and come away with it being like, it's not a love story? Honestly though, like, it's just like, I think it's part of it's like, yes, like Jesse Eisenberg and Andrew Garfield absolutely knew exactly what they were doing. But I feel like part of it's also like when you have a story with like two main characters, because like everyone else in the story, like sure, like they're important, but like they're not nearly as important as like Mark and Eduardo, right? And so like even like the other lawsuit, like the one with like Cameron, Tyler and Divya, like that's like still like not nearly as important as Mark and Eduardo. And even within their lawsuit, they talk about Mark and Eduardo. So it's like when you have a story that just has two very clear main characters or one very clear relationship that goes through all of the other plot lines in the story, like how can you come away with that not being like, oh, this is a love story? It's also interesting because I've talked about this before to you, but everyone else in the movie, even Sean, who's like the third main character-ish, isn't even a character. Like everyone is a character and to some extent they're like an autonomous human being who are like makes decisions and has a life outside of Mark and Eduardo's like bullshit. But even then, their role in the movie is just very much based around how it contributes to Mark and Eduardo's story. And as a result, they're all sort of, not motifs, but they're like all sort of stand-ins for something else. Like their role is not to be like characters and real human beings, even though they are. Yeah, if you watch the movie, if you like just watch the movie, besides Mark and Eduardo, you cannot say like Sean's like, or like what he does outside of Mark, I guess. Except for like, I guess, sleeping with around. Um, because that's the only thing you could say. But um, the Winklevi twins and then Divya, right? A lot of the movie is dedicated to them alone without Mark. But at the same time, their scenes are very much about how it relates to Facebook and like by extension, Mark and Eduardo. They do have like their own story and they do have like their own realized lives that we sort of glimpse into, but it's never important to the film. Yeah, yeah, no, they're because the only time we ever like 
really they ever talk about like their life is like when they talk about like getting lawyers because of Mark. Yeah, and then there's like a scene where like Divya's at a Valentine's Day like a cappella concert or something with like this girl who's like implied to be his girlfriend, but like we don't actually know. And even Erica, right? Like Erica has like a fully realized life outside of Mark and Eduardo and like of the entire film basically, but we're never really privy to it outside like of the very broad strokes as to how it relates to Facebook. And it's, I don't know, it's interesting. It's, no, it's interesting that, like, I, I still don't understand how, like, David Sorkin and Andrew, or Andrew Sorkin and David Aaron. Fincher, like... You said Andrew. <laughs> I said Aaron. Okay, well, whatever. I'm not good at names, okay? Aaron Sorkin and David Fincher, I think it's, like, kind of funny that they, like, didn't notice. Because I feel like, how do you not well, maybe notice? maybe they did. They just haven't ever outright said it in anything. Maybe, yeah. Andrew Garfield and Jesse Eisenberg have, like, outright said it in interviews and stuff. David Fincher and Aaron Sorkin haven't said anything outright, so who knows? Yeah. We, ha- I, we had an itinerary, and we didn't really follow it, but um, quick housekeeping. <laughs> um, since recording the pilot, and I guess now, which has been like a month, it's been less than a month, but anyway... Since then, we've decided that, like, during the weeks that we're not uploading episodes because we're doing seasons, we'll be, like, uploading, like, short bonus episodes, usually with other people. And they'll probably be shorter, and they'll come out every other week. Like, for this first one, at least, like, we only have, like, one person that we actually know that that we want to talk to, but, like, so there might not be, like, three, but, like... Yeah, or we could just record fun, more contemporary related yeah, episodes. Yeah. More like fun stuff. It's just gonna be like fun stuff. Um, Maybe we can do a Q&A. I sort of want to do a Q&A. We can do a Q&A. I kind of want to do a Q&A. That'd be yeah. fun. So if you have <laughs> questions for us, leave it in our social medias. Yeah, do, do something. something. <laughs> Come talk to us. If you want us to talk about something, just also, tell us. Also, um, I think it should be up by the time that you listen to this episode, but on our Tumblr, at least, we will post Gosh, this is so pretentious. We're gonna post <laughs> um, companion text for each season. It's just like the stuff. Okay, it, okay. Like the thing is, if you say it like that, yes, it sounds pretentious. But it's also like this is just also just stuff that we mention, stuff that we talk about. So it's like if you want to know like what we're referencing when we reference certain things, and like look yeah, there. Yeah, it also expands. Like it's all directly related to what we talk about in episodes, but also some of it is more extra reading on top of that to like fully understand where we're coming from because we understand that not everyone has the same background knowledge. I think specifically, I think specifically in episode four is where we like link a lot of like essays and stuff, just like which one? Yeah, just for like extra reading and stuff. If you want, if you hate yourself, I guess I don't know. Or if you want to procrastinate, <laughs> I think I wrote on the doc. Oh yeah, if you want to procrastinate, then yeah. Um, it's divided into like different sections and also it's oh my god it's literally insane because i started like compiling all the ones we've done so far and then i was like but some of these are not actually relevant and so then we have like a supplemental reading (laughs) at the bottom (laughs) which are like you can read these but they're like not necessary to but like also like none of this is necessary to understand the episodes yeah if you don't even want to read it like because of the podcast or whatever like dm me dm the social medias i want to know yeah please dm us the thing is like all of these are like stuff that we've read or like watched so it doesn't really feel like it's extra reading but also i'm like this is a lot of things you know it's a lot of things when you like put it in one place but also like a lot of them are stuff that's like i feel like people have already seen Mm, i don't know i would debate that maybe not maybe it's just me that's another thing. So we're going to have bonus episodes in the off-seasons. They'll be shorter and they'll be just, like, less related to analysis, probably. They're just going to be fun. Actually, they might still get into analysis because that's who we are. So if we're just talking to each other, that might actually happen. But <laughs> they're not going to be focused on that. 
Anyway, and then also before we talk more about the social network, uh, we should do the quick disclaimer. Oh yeah, the disclaimer. We are not talking about the real life people. If we talk about the real life people, we'll probably say their full name or we'll say in real life. We will clarify that we are talking about the real life counterpart. Yeah. But for the purposes of this episode, we are only talking about the characters, Mark and Eduardo, in the movie, The Social Network, and within the scope of the movie. Yes, in the scope of like this fictional work. Which, I don't even remember, I think I looked this up, but Mark Zuckerberg isn't that old. And he has like a movie about him from when he was like 19, so like I do understand. Yeah, I did, I, I, it's weird because it's, it's weird to think that like you're like what, 27, how old is He's Mark Zuckerberg? He's 30 something now, right? He's like 30 something. He's like 30 yeah. something now, right? But like, when did the movie come out? That's what I'm trying to get at. he was like in the tw- his 20s, I think, late 20s maybe? Yeah, so he's like 20, 20 something, right? You're like 20 something, and then a movie comes out about you, and it's like not really positive. To be fair, they did ask Facebook, and then Facebook was like, if you're gonna do it, then you have to like change a bunch of things. And then they were like, no, we're not gonna change anything, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it is like a weird thing to think about. Just like, if you're alive and a movie is made about like, when you were 19. Like, specifically, like, when you were 19. Like, that's just... It's, like, that's really weird. Like, I don't know. Like, that's a really weird thing to, like, go through. I feel like that's a really weird experience for somebody. Like, neither of us are 19. And, like, I'm way further from being 19 <laughs> than Megana is. Yeah. So it's, like... Like, I wouldn't want someone to make a, a movie about, like, my life when I was 19. I don't... But also, I don't know. Like, things that have come out about Mark Zuckerberg since the movie came out have not been great like when he testified That's in true. senate definitely true it's like in some way jesse eisenberg's mark is like more human than him somehow somehow that's like the good press that he has like just somehow um he also hates the movie which is so funny to me <laughs> oh yeah he like hates the movie i still can't go over it. like what did you sent me a quote i can't remember exactly where oh, it was yeah, from he... or exactly what the quote was but the one where he was like, uh, these people can't wrap their heads around uh, someone creating something just to create something or something like that. Because he was re- referencing the idea that like the movie implied that like Erica is like why he created and Facebook. And then he talks about how Facebook's creation was way more boring and that it was a lot of coding. Yeah. I was like, you're just, you're really going to tell Aaron Sorkin and David Fincher that they don't understand creating something just for the sake of creating it. It's so stupid. I'm just like, oh my God. I was like, you're gonna tell a writer that what they write that they're writing for a reason, not just because they want to write. Like, I was like, okay, okay, Mark Zuckerberg. But it's really funny to me that after he watched the movie, he had an apple teeny, and he was like, okay, apple teenies are good. And I think the entire thing with Christy like setting fire to something and like almost burning down like Eduardo's apartment is true. Oh yeah, yeah, I heard that was true. But then I don't know what else is true. I, I, I'm gonna be honest, I watched the movie and I was like, none of this is true. I, I'm honestly surprised any of it was true. I mean, even the movie, they lie about their ages. A little bit. They lie yeah. about Eduardo's age in the movie. They just strongly imply that he's a sophomore when in reality he was a junior. Which, like, I, I was I was confused about that when I learned that and I was like, why? Like, for what reason did you feel the need to lie about the fact that he's a junior? If you, like, know more about finals, uh, not finals, but, like, final clubs finals clubs i don't remember what they're oh, called okay but you learn more about those clubs they usually like what is it called when they like recruit you haze well yeah but they usually like no punch that's what it's called they punch you yeah, yeah. Oh, okay um, they usually punch you when you're sophomores so like getting punched as a junior is really weird 
Oh, okay, 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 okay. I think that's one of the reasons, but also, like, I don't even know. That's fair. And then also, if you've come this far and you don't know what The Social Network is, The Social Network is a movie about Mark Zuckerberg and Eduardo Saverin and the creation of Facebook and the eventual lawsuits that happened. Yeah. It's a very boring way of putting it, but it is about way more than that, as you will get into. This is the epitome of the title of this show. This is when you will learn why the show is called what it is. <laughs> I do think it's interesting for this movie that the book was written concurrently with the movie. A lot of people say that this movie is an adaptation of the book, and it's not. The movie was based on the, um, what is it called? Like the proof of concept for the book, I think, or like the pitch for the book. Yeah. And then Aaron Sorkin started writing, and then the author Ben Merzich, Merzich or something started writing. They were writing like the two things concurrently. And then at, and like every so often they would get together and be like, hey, like switch research or like whatever. It wasn't based on the book necessarily. Yeah. I did think that was interesting. I don't know why. I just like that. I, I mentioned adaptations, but it's like. Well, I think the reasoning was because Hollywood was like, I want to do a movie about this. And so they were trying to find a writer while the book was still being written so they could have the movie and the book release around the same time. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I will say, though, it's interesting because the book, I believe it's called The Accidental Billionaires, is more about Eduardo and, like, Eduardo's... Oh, is that that? Is that the book? Yeah. There's, like, there's two Facebook books. Yeah, no, for some reason I assumed it was the one that was, like, you don't, you don't get to 500 million friends without making a few enemies or whatever. That's not a book title, is it? I know, I know, but is, is that the title of that book? I realize that wasn't the no, book no, title, but that's the, that's the movie the cover the for the movie. But it wasn't like a movie. It wasn't the book cover at some point. I remember seeing it in like Barnes and Noble. Oh, oh, That's why I, I say think that. so. Maybe I don't know. But um, there's like two of them. One of them is like about Eduardo, and the other one is more about Mark. I think. But they're like written by different people. Oh, that's interesting. They wrote the one about Eduardo, right? The accidental billionaires, and then Facebook and Mark were basically just like, "This is all full of lies. Like, why is this? Why was this written? It doesn't even take into account <laughs> my story." Even though he like didn't want to be interviewed for this at all. But I think after the social network and the accidental billionaires, he realized that like, okay, people are going to talk about this anyway. So then there was like a second yeah. book written by him by someone who would actually like cater to like his desires to have like some things omitted and like written in a certain way. So then there was like a second book written. But um, it was really funny to me. The accidental billionaires is more about Eduardo, but then the social network was very much marketed as a Mark Zuckerberg movie. Like, it was very oh, much marketed as, this is a movie about Mark Zuckerberg. Was, yeah. Even though, like, Eduardo was such a huge part of the movie. For some reason, okay, like, this is, like, kind of off topic, but I remember very clearly when the movie was being marketed, what is it called? Publicity, whatever. Promoted. When the movie was coming out. Promoted, that's the word I'm thinking of. When the movie was being promoted, I remember very clearly, like, the ads, like, I would see, like, on YouTube or whatever for the movie. And one of the ads that I remember viscerally, for some reason... They, like, showed part of the scene with, like, the rowing, like, the race. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's the only part of the movie that I remembered when I was watching it. And I was like, where's the rowing scene? <laughs> I will say the trailer for the movie is apparently... Not apparently. I watched it. It's very good. It's, like, one of the best movie trailers ever. Oh, it's really good. Yeah. You showed me that video of the guy, like, who, like, did the... He, like, talked about it. I don't remember which videos I sent you. Who was... I forgot the guy that makes movie trailers. But the dude that makes, like, really, like, makes a lot of the movie trailers. He... This is the first time that someone had taken, like, a popular song and it's, like, a chorus version of it, I think, that's in the trailer. And, like, they put, like, a chorus version over the scenes from the movie. It's, like, the first time anyone had done that. And it's, like, done for a reason in the Social Network movie. Like, there's a reason behind it. 
like after the social network took off and like that trailer went like really viral like people just started doing it on every movie when like was not applicable it's interesting because like the trailer itself has such a good progression too like the story that the trailer tells is also very strong i know trailers have become like a thing where people are like okay it has to be interesting in the first five seconds or else people will skip it or whatever but it's also just like just make an interesting trailer. i mean okay i don't watch movie trailers I'm very strange in that way. I do not like watching movie trailers. I would rather I don't watch a movie trailer. I mean, I don't either, but, like, I just want good ones so I can watch them. (laughs) That's fair. But, like, I just do not watch movie trailers because, like, I don't know what it is about movie trailers, but, like, I feel like every time I watch a movie trailer and then go into a movie, I'm less satisfied with the movie as a whole. And, like, you know me. Like, I go into movies with the lowest expectations I can possible so that I'm always satisfied with a movie. I will go into movies that people were like, that was the worst movie I've ever seen. Like, it's the terrible thing. I hate it so much. And I'll walk in, I'll be like, it was fine. It was enjoyable. Because when I watch a movie in, like, the theaters, specifically when I'm in the theaters and I'm watching a movie, I watch the movie in theaters for enjoyment and not only that. And then I think about it later at night when I'm like sitting in my bed. And I'll be like, that was terrible, wait. But like, I won't like realize that until later. I don't watch movie trailers. So like, I remember like seeing someone was like, oh, this Children's Network movie trailer is really good. And I was like, what does this mean? Yeah, I don't watch movie trailers because I just don't like most of them. <laughs> That's fair. I also feel like a lot of movie trailers just like finish the story. I'm interested in movie trailers also because it's like you have to put the exciting parts of the movie in the trailer, but you can't put all of the exciting parts of the movie in the trailer because then when you watch the movie, you won't have any like new exciting parts. The thing is, I don't even think you need to have exciting parts in the trailer. You just need to have the trailer be interesting enough to have you ask like, what, like I want to watch this movie now because this seems interesting. I don't know. It's like weird because also like most of the movie trailers that I see are like action movies or horror movies. I feel like those are the two genres of movie trailers that I see where like I feel like it's just like I I don't know I feel like after I watch the movie trailer I'm like what's the point of watching the movie because I already know everything that's gonna happen yeah let's talk very shortly about the next two bullet points the next point I wanted to talk about was just our general thoughts about the movie like excluding like the narrative and the story because like it's a very well-made movie which makes sense it's really well made. Like this is gonna sound so I don't know, like not pretentious, but it's just gonna sound so niche. Like it's just it's something that like only I think of. But I love the colors in the movie so much. Like the look of the movie, like without like not talking about like shot composition or anything. Literally just like the way they edited every shot to like make it look the way they wanted to. I really love like the color grading and like the light atmospheric effects they added in after like post. And I just love like that. I don't know why. Like it's just like it stuck out to me when I was watching it. It looks like such a good movie. Like, regardless of, like, if you right? watched it without the sound, it just looks very good. It looks so nice. Like, you could literally pause that movie anywhere and it's like, oh, that's nice. Like, it's like literally the epitome of the, like, every frame's a painting or whatever it is. I don't know what people say. Like, I feel like this movie is one of, like, the like best, like, examples of that. Yeah, but, like, the acting is very good. The, um... Oh, the acting, The, yeah. the soundtrack is amazing soundtrack's amazing i love the soundtrack i still listen to the soundtrack by the way Fun yeah fact. i love the soundtrack too it's just it's so good i'm trying to think of like what else besides because i don't want to like get into like composition and lighting but like everything about it is very good um, i was about to talk about composition and lighting <laughs> the shots are just like no oh the scene, the shots are just so good no the scene that i'm thinking of like right now like in my head viscerally is the scene where like christy like burns Eduardo's apartment or whatever yeah yeah the scarf and then like puts in the trash can 
yeah like that scene was just so good like i like i have this like obsession with like fire scenes and like fire in like shows and movies like even when i was younger like i really like the way they make fire effects and stuff and like you can tell like good fire effects from like bad fire effects <laughs> it's very easy to tell and like usually because of the sheer amount of fire effects they use in like action movies it's not the greatest that's fine because I use it a lot and it's like not really important. The scene with Christy and stuff, like the lighting on it was just like beautiful. And like the they added like some atmospheric stuff in post that was like honestly like amazing. Like I assume it's added in post. I don't like I guess you could do it there, but I don't think they did. But just like that one scene, like I feel like it's just so good. Cause like composition's amazing and then also, you have like for like a movie where a lot of it is just people talking to each other, like they're sitting down and talking to each other, it's so engaging to watch. Like so much of it is just them sitting down 100%. and talking. It's like so fascinating because like the opening scene, which is brilliant, like the opening scene is just Erica and Mark in a bar. All the like deposition scenes are all in like a single room where everyone's sitting down. No, like the whole movie is like shot in like four different rooms. <laughs> there are a few other rooms. The bulk of it is like four different rooms. <laughs> like you have Mark and Eduardo's, or not Eduardo's, I guess Eduardo's not, it's not his dorm, but he's there a lot. He has a key for some reason. I don't understand why he has a key to Mark's dorm house because he lives in a different house. Even in the movie, they like kept that part real where he lives in a different house. But then I'm like, but how does he get in? Like you could have just had them live in the same house. Yeah, like, he, he, okay, whatever. But, like, so like, we have, like, Mark's dorm room. You have, like, the two different deposition courtroom or whatever they are, like, those scenes. And then you have, like, the... The Palo Alto house. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're in bars, which were just sitting down and talking. And then they're, like, in class room sometimes for just sitting down and talking. And they're, like, at a restaurant and they're just sitting down and talking. <laughs> there is movement in the movie, but the movement is... Even when they're moving a lot of times, they're just, like, standing there and talking. Like, there's just not a lot. Also, I noticed this when I, I was, like, rewatching. I rewatched like, part of the movie. I didn't rewatch the whole movie. And at least from what I remember, like, there isn't much camera movement either. Like, the camera is pretty much just, like, on a stick and they just film it. Even when they do move, like, places, even then it's still just, like, them standing and talking. Like, they're there and they cut to them not there and somewhere else standing and talking. Like, Mark comes into the party, like, Eduardo's, like, frat party or whatever it is. And he like, he's like, Eduardo, we need to talk. Let's go outside. And they're like, why? And they go outside. And then it just cuts them outside standing and talking. <laughs> yeah, the, um, what is it? The AEPI party? Something like that? Yeah, it's the yeah, yeah, Jewish yeah. fraternity party. Actually, fun fact, at Harvard at the time, there were two Jewish fraternities. And so they were at the less cool one. <laughs> and then like when they're at the Bill Gates talk, like they're in the talk and they're talking and then they leave the talk. And again, they're just standing there and talking. <laughs> but it's such an engaging movie like despite the fact that they're pretty much never moved. like the one moment i remember where they're moving is when eduardo in the smashing the laptop scene he's like walking across and like that's like the yeah. only movement i can like really remember <laughs> i think that's like really really like really good because then like if you don't have much movement throughout the whole movie when there is movement you like notice right because it's like something that's different that hasn't happened for you know an hour if you only use movement like intentionally where it's like, oh, like, this is something we want to emphasize, like, Eduardo smashing the laptop and, like, charging across the office to, like, you know, to talk to Mark. You, like, pay attention because you're like, oh, something's happening. Like, this is important. Because yeah. <laughs> movement creates energy. It's so well done. And I, like, don't understand. 
honestly like it's just this might just be confirmation bias like because of this podcast but like I feel like every single thing in this movie was like thought about like I feel like nothing they they didn't do anything just like because they were supposed to do it or like because they wanted to or whatever like it was literally just like they thought about like why they would do it. I mean there's like that one shot of the Stanford girl which it was like very obviously like filmed just to put in the trailer (laughs) but like besides that one (laughs) Besides that one, I did forget about that shot, but yeah, besides that one. I remember because someone pointed it out to me, and I was like, yeah, that was basically just to put in the trailer. <laughs> yeah. No, I do really like also the sound design overall of the movie itself. It's just, like, really nice. Because, like, again, like, they're just standing and talking, so there isn't, like, much, like, sound design, but specifically the first scene where they're, like, in the bar, that sound design was super nice because, like, you still, like, because it's still loud, but, like, you can still understand them, but it's not, like, yeah, it sounds like you're part of the conversation in the bar, so you can, like, understand them, but, like, there's also, like, just a ton of stuff happening. And then also the scene where they're with Sean in that, the apple teeny scene. Oh, yeah, um, the restaurant. <laughs> there was, yeah, yeah. That scene also had really, really nice sound design, and it might just be because I like the sound of glasses, but there was a lot of glass clinking in the background of that scene, and I very much like that sound design. This, yeah, the sound design is really good in this. I don't really think about that as much, but, like, it is very good. I'm gonna be honest, the reason I think about sound design more often now is because of video games. You know, like video games, like when you're like running around and stuff, like as you go into new environments, like sound design is really important. So like I think about sound design a lot more in video games than I do in movies, but I remember rewatching parts of those scenes and I was like, wait a second. Also like the opening scene, I just need to say like, someone did like a video analyzing the opening scene and like the way the camera moves in that scene is apparently like very intricate. It's so good. Like, the opening scene is honestly, like, one of the best scenes of the movie. Like, I'm no cap. The dialogue in the opening scene is just so good. Like, the dialogue throughout the entire movie is really good. It's just chef's kiss. But specifically in the opening scene, like, the way the two of them talk is just... It showcases a lot of character, and then it also, like, moves the story forward in a natural way, but it also just sounds like two people talking. Oh my god, that first scene. I watched it, like, maybe, like six times now like just the first scene because like also we watched it in like psychology i will say we're gonna pivot a little bit but like we're gonna talk about erica the thing about erica though i just like do not understand how they wrote her in a good way for a movie that has like a lot of misogyny in it like it's it's very confusing because the misogyny in the film and like tries to comment on it but it's also not above it so it's this weird balance of like they're trying to be like oh like misogyny is like a real issue and like exists but they also like have questionable things but they also like condone it almost like because like the entire thing with christy is so wild because like christy's like a pretty decent character i guess and then she goes like crazy and like burns a scarf like like batshit insane it's just really weird because like also like every single female character in the movie is like only there there's only like what four two there's like four named ones i think yeah out of all four of them christy and then her friends who i don't remember her name yeah christy and alice are just there to like pretty much just move the plot along alice more so than christy because alice does what like one blowjob in the bathroom and then like leaves so there's that but then like also like within those like erica's like yes she has a lot of autonomy and yes like she like is a good female character and she's like a fully realized character like she has a life outside it's like shown that she has a life outside too and it's very weird to like see yeah they show her as like having a life outside and she's like has a lot of autonomy but it's also like even within the movie like her only role within the movie is relating to mark like as you said like earlier and so like even then it's like a little bit weird yeah and then there's like the lawyer assistant yeah marilyn 
she's a weird character because like she I don't know it's weird because like it's because like Christy like Erica well like, this is true of like all the characters but it's like specifically like weirder with the female characters but it's just like they just don't yeah like they have a life but like they also don't have like a life because their life is not relevant to Mark yeah which like is true of all the characters but like you see it more with the female characters i feel like especially than you do with, the with characters. Christy. like there's no progression to her going crazy yeah yeah it's literally like she, like, she gives a blowjob to eduardo in the bathroom and then she's insane and then she sets up the meeting oh no she sets up the meeting yeah and then she's insane and then she's insane like i do it's so wild yeah, she just, like, sits in the restaurant. Like, she's... And she, even in the restaurant, like, why is she there? Like, that's my, like... <laughs> um, to go alongside that, like, I don't want to say, like, the movie has a problem with race, because, like, all the real-life people are white, except for Eduardo, who's Brazilian, and then... And Divya. You and, forgot no, about Divya. No, I'm going to get to Divya. Divya's Indian, but the actor who plays Divya, Max something, is part Chinese, I think. Like, he's not Indian at all. Yeah. And they sort of darkened his skin. Like, I think they did sort of darken yeah. his skin for the movie, which is a little bit questionable. I think the real life Divya was just like, you're a good actor. So, like, you did the thing you were meant to do in the movie. So Yeah. And to be fair, he does look Indian. Disclaimer, I'm saying that because my mom said, my mom thought he was fully Indian. Then I researched the actor and I was like, wait, he's not. Uh, my mom's like from India. So, like. <laughs> at least he didn't, like, cast a white guy to do it. Oh, they did. I would have been like, I would have rioted. <laughs> yeah. No, there's Christy. Christy's not white. I guess, yeah, Christy too. You know, London Tipton. But she's also like, um... She also like goes batshit insane, so I don't know. The thing about like Christy and Alice, right? Who are like the two Asian girls in the movie. Is that they're very obviously sort of a nod to Priscilla. Like Priscilla Chan in real life. Yeah. And also like they don't have like a narrative role. <laughs> like at least Divya has a narrative yeah. role. Also like they're in... Like, New England in 2010, which, like, I, 2000, like I've never been to New England in 2000. Or, sorry, yeah, 2000, sorry, yeah. They're in New England in 2000 and, like, Harvard in 2000, which, like, okay, I haven't been to Harvard even recently. i never been, I haven't been to Harvard. But, like, I can't imagine in New England around that area there's many people of color. <laughs> maybe there is. Maybe I'm just completely wrong. It's weird because, like, like, yes, the movie is mostly white people, but it's also, like, it's based in a true story that also involves mostly white yeah. people. It's, it's like, not as big of a deal. Yeah. Racism is bad. I don't want anyone to misinterpret that. Racism is a big deal. But, like, in the movie. Racism is a big deal. <laughs> it also was, like, made in 2010, which, like, doesn't give it a free pass because, like, even then it was bad. Like, it's bad to be racist. No, um, that, I had that same experience with Bones. In Bones, there's um, one, she's half Asian. And she's not, like, half Asian, like, white. She's, like, very, like, she talks about her Asian heritage later in the show, not in, like, the pilot. Actually, her only parent that's still alive is her mom, who is Asian. Wow, what a concept. <laughs> Honestly, the second episode of the show, they have, like, a character, like, she's the courier for the place. And there's, like, two guys who are both, like, trying to get her to, like, go on a date with them. They show this one, like, half-Asian girl, her name's Angela. She, like, very clearly, explicitly is bi in the second episode of the show with a courier who is black. And, like, it's very explicit. Like, it's not even, like, oh, like, they might. And I was, like, the second episode of the show in 2003? Wow, okay. It's so wild. <laughs> I will say, though, this is going off topic, but, um, oh, my God, I don't remember who it was, but it was one of the um, actors, um, producers creators etc because they'd like run the show yeah, yeah. um one of them said that yeah. 
it's really funny because when they started the show, they got a lot of flack for conserv- from conservatives, and like the conservatives would like control the media and be like, "You can't show this because this is Christian America." And then nowadays, it's a lot of the liberals who are like, "You can't do anything," which is interesting. <laughs> that's really funny. No, yeah, that's really interesting. I don't know. We're not gonna get into that, but it, that is like another thing. We're not gonna get into thing that. To think about but that is interesting. When you do think about, like, people who control, like, media and, like, control- and, like, want to censor things, you usually think it's a conservative. But, like, nowadays, a lot of the flank are coming from people who are, like- I mean, that's not true, because, like, there's a lot of things where, like, conservatives are, like, oh my gosh, you shouldn't do that, like, she But, like, specifically, it is also, like, a lot of liberals nowadays. Or, like, like, left-wing people, I guess that's the term for it. Which is interesting. And, like, another topic for another day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, before we really get into the bones of a movie- the sequel, the potential sequel that they might make. Oh, okay. I don't have many thoughts on this, but Phoebe has a lot. I think Aaron Sorkin said he was going to do it if David Fincher directs, which is fair. But I just don't know what they would do with the sequel. It's weird because the movie exists in like a world that is different than like our real world. It is not like canonically because of the movie, it's more because of like the fan base. Even then, like I feel like that's still like relevant to it because it's like, if you're going to make the movie, who's going to watch it? The fan base new stuff happened with Facebook with the whole Senate hearing and stuff but you can't really bridge that movie with the social network as it is. The social network is very explicitly about certain themes of isolation and power and fame and money and you know like friendship and love. It's really hard to like write a sequel because the sequel in a sense needs to have some bridge or like some narrative connection to the first thing right? I do think it's very funny that like the first movie, the main conflict between characters, not including the lawsuit when they were like in college, is Mark and Eduardo fighting over like, Mark wanted to like not monetize the site and Eduardo wanted to because he was like, I need to make money. And like now, like real Facebook and real Mark Zuckerberg, like- And Cambridge Analytica. (laughs) And Cambridge Analytica. (laughs) But like, I don't know how you would bridge the sequel to the first movie besides the obvious point of they're about Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook. Because it's also like the movie isn't about Mark. The social network is about Mark. Like, yes, he is the main character. The movie is, I feel, in my opinion, more about Mark and Eduardo. Not one of them specifically, but like their relationship and like the events that happen with them involved. And so it would be weird to have a movie, especially since Eduardo and like Mark don't talk anymore because of the lawsuit. (laughs) Andrew Garfield couldn't come back unless they wanted to show him in Singapore or something. Yeah. A lot of the other characters like Dustin and Chris... Chris is, like, a minor part of the movie, though, but, like, Dustin specifically wouldn't be able to come back because their real-life Dustin Moskovitz is somewhere else. And a lot of the characters wouldn't be able to come back. And then what would you talk about in the second movie? Because the first movie says a lot about thematic ideas I've listed before. And then it says a lot concretely about that. So, like, how would you make a second movie and expand upon those themes in a way that would be satisfying? Yeah, and it's like, yes, like, you could make, like, a second movie that exists within, like, the fictional world of the social network, wherein all these people are still involved, but then, like, what's the point? I mean, like, I think it would be fun. I think it'd be fun, but... you're not gonna get that movie lit. Yeah, because that's a movie made only for the fandom. Like, they could make a rom-com, but, like, it's not gonna get greenlit. Yeah. It would be interesting to see if it actually, like, plays out. Because also, they're not really making movies nowadays. I mean, they are, I mean, they, they are, started, but like, they're just, like, they're doing what the Trolls World Tour did, don't they? 
the Trolls World Tour that broke theaters because it wasn't in theaters. I don't know. It's weird that, like, they're filming, like, Stranger Things again, and I'm just, like, put Stranger Things, like... Like, you know that meme? Not, like, that meme, but, like, that thing where you, like, take a shotgun and, like, kill a dying dog? Like, can we do that with Stranger Things? I do not know what you're talking about, but okay. <laughs> it's in the To Kill a Mockingbird, and then, like, someone comes over with the shotgun oh, and, like, okay, kills the right, dead right, dog. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stranger Things lets me in the street. Also, it's, like... Catch me outside. I feel like the Stranger Things fandom is expecting more from it than they're, what they're gonna get. Like, I don't think you're gonna get what you oh, want. 100%. Stranger Things is product placement now. The thing is, like, okay, when it comes to Stranger Things, I very much understand why people like the first season. Like, I get that. Yeah. I watched the first season, I watched the second season. Like, I understand why you like the first season. I do not understand why people stayed after the second. I am not gonna lie. Okay, I watched a review of, um, there's a YouTuber called Alina Jade. I'm so sorry if I got that wrong. There's, like, a YouTuber who, like, does, who, like, specifically talks about, like, um, the It movies and then, like, some, like, other things, right? Where it's, like, they're, like, gay couples, but there's no gay couples. And, like, one of them is Stranger Things. And even she specifically says that, like, after the second season, they pander way more to the younger fan base to the extent where like it's not like the writing's just not good because it's also like the first and second season the first second season way more so than the second played on nostalgia like that was the point that's why like they made the movie is like oh it's like 80s nostalgia like they're playing dungeons and dragons oh my god look at them riding their bikes like it was literally just complete nostalgia like that's the reason they did it and then you hit the second season and like yes they're still playing on nostalgia but like you could see like there was more playing on like teen type of things and then like i watched like half the first episode of the third season and i was like okay no like we're done it's also just like there's so much product placement at this point yeah no it's like by the way, my mom in quarantine has gotten way more into, like, Korean everything. Fun fact, she just bought, like, a 15-pack of, like, Korean face masks to try. She's hit K-dramas, K-pop, and now she's gotten to K-beauty. So my mom watches K-dramas, right? Which are, like, rife with product placement, especially, like, the more, like, low-budget ones. Just, like, complete, like, product placement galore, right? And I, like, not all of them. I'm not generalizing all K-dramas, but, like, the ones my mom is watching are not, like, the top-tier ones. I promise you that. And so, like, there's just product placement galore. And, like, my mom was like, oh, I don't like all this product placement. And she, like, turns on, like, Stranger Things season three. And she's like, wait, there's so much. She, like, noticed. She was like, this is, like, a K-drama product placement level. Like, it's less overt in Stranger Things. Because, like, in K-dramas, like, they'll just interrupt the story with, like, an ad. Like, the like, girl crying and then, like, her friend will come up and be like, hey, would you try this hot pot by this person? And it has all of these things in it. And it's just, like, so it's, like, less overt. But, like, the amount, apparently, is comparable. I know someone showed me, like, this one part like uncut of just like them drinking coke it's just 100 percent product placement like there's no reason for like that long of a it's clip. like specifically like for the k-dramas it's like okay i understand because like there is low budget already like you did not have much money going into it but stranger things has money also like netflix in general puts more money into their shows and movies and other than every other streaming service yeah. by like a huge town i think there was a study done yeah and so it's like i, I just I just don't understand why. Like, I don't understand why, like, the product placement is necessary. Because it's, like, not. Like, why? It's, like, Eggo's waffles, and it's, like, you're pretty popular, and it's, like, was this really necessary? Yeah. And also, like, the Eggo's is, like, okay, that's, like, fun, like, nostalgia, because that also happened season one, I think didn't so, it? Maybe. Like, yeah, so that was, like, okay, like, fun nostalgia. Like, sure, it's product placement, but it's also, like, oh, my God, Eggo's. Like, wow, like, we ate that, you know? But, like, when it comes to, like, season three and, like, now season four, like, I don't, I assume season four is going to be the same, but it might not be. Maybe they took criticism. <laughs> if you can't see, I'm, like, rolling my eyes. In season three, it's, like, that's not... 
Like, we know you're not playing on nostalgia anymore. And also, Coke is not nostalgia. Like, it's just like, why? Like, I mean, like, money, but like, why? <laughs> that, like, reminds me, actually, this is, like, way off topic, but that does remind me, I was watching, like, an old BTS um, music video with my mom, and there's, like, a school bus, and it's, like, a GMC school bus. And, like, I don't know why this made me laugh. I was like, I love GMC. <laughs> love that. Yeah. Going back to the social network and not complaining about capitalism, let's talk about the movie. So, in case you have not picked up on it, I mean, I think we, <laughs> I think we explicitly said it. In the I beginning. feel like we've said you it. Have not picked up on it. The fandom, specifically on Tumblr and LiveJournal, which is like the two places this was very popular, right, is very much revolved around Eduardo and Mark as a romantic relationship, which. In the yeah. movie, I disagree with. I don't think that's necessarily the case. You can read it like that. I don't think, yeah. In the movie, yeah. like, the movie is very explicit about how... This is such a weird sentence. It's very explicit about how their relationship is not defined. So, in the movie, it is very much that Mark and Eduardo do not communicate in the way that the other person understands. Yeah, they both have very different... I will use the term love languages, but it's like... They have very different ways of showing other people that they care about them. And as a result, like one of the main plot points in the movie is this hallway scene where Eduardo is visiting Paula Alto from New York and Mark doesn't pick him up from the airport and then he's like standing in the rain and Sean's at the house and then they go into like this hallway and they argue. Yeah. And there's like this hallway argument is like very emotional and like there's a lot of things going on it and one of the things is Eduardo feels like he's being pushed out of the company and that he's being left out of things especially now that Sean is in the picture and Sean is setting up all these business meetings and so Eduardo feels like he's getting pushed out of the company and Mark explicitly says you're going to get left behind unless you move out to Palo Alto and Mark specifically says like I need you to, uh, don't tell Sean that I said that like the phrase like I need you comes in the movie like three different times specifically from Mark to Eduardo. So it is Mark trying to communicate that Mark needs Eduardo to be out in Palo Alto because he needs Eduardo to be there so he can do Facebook or like because they're friends and like Mark cares about Eduardo and like there's no one else in Mark's life that he really has like any other like deep personal relationship to, romantic or otherwise. And so Mark is like, I need you to come out to Palo Alto so that we can do Facebook together in Palo Alto. But then Ed all Eduardo here is like, oh, I'm getting pushed out of the company because I'm going to get left behind. Yeah. And like Eduardo has felt this way for a while now that he's getting pushed out of the company because Eduardo thinks that the only way he can be in Mark's life is if it's about Facebook. Yeah. I think I said this better over text because I'm better in typing than I am <laughs> when I speak words. But Eduardo, like, feels if he wants to be friends with Mark, it has to be, like, through Facebook. Whereas Mark's thing is, like, his friendship with Eduardo is, like, separate from his re relationship with Facebook, but he just wants to do it with Mark. With, with Eduardo. Or not, sorry, Mark. Yeah, but, like, yeah. Was, yeah. Uh, Mark wants to do Facebook with Eduardo. In Mark's mind, it's, like, it's not necessary for their friendship to exist for Facebook to be the catalyst for it. Whereas Eduardo thinks his relationship with Mark is only based on Facebook. Yeah, and it's interesting because the entire thing before Facebook, right? At the very beginning of the movie with Face Smash and like Erica breaking up with him. Yeah. It is interesting because we do see that they do have a friendship. It's just that like even in their friendship beforehand, I think Eduardo subconsciously or like very consciously knew that Mark's coding comes first. Especially in um, the first scene in which they talk. Before we get to that, a list of things that happens before Facebook is ever invented, right? 
Eduardo has the key card to Mark Stormhouse, which we've said. <laughs> I don't understand why that's necessary. It does give us like a nice scene where like Mark going up to his room and like Eduardo going up to Mark's room. There's like a parallel there, which is really nice. Yeah. But it's also like, why? <laughs> um, At 2 a.m. So Erica breaks up with Mark. And then Mark goes back to his dorm, and then he starts, like, blogging about it on Live Journal, and he starts coding Face Mash. And, like, Eduardo's, like, reading his Live Journal at 2 a.m. for some unknown reason. Like, Yeah, he's, like, on his <laughs> Live Journal at 2 a.m. And then that's how he finds out that Erica has broken up with Mark, and then he goes over to see if Mark needs anything. Yeah. Which is, like, <laughs> like, the specifically the length of dialogue is... It's like, Eduardo was just like, oh, do you need anything, like, since you broke up with Erica, like, do you feel bad or whatever? And then Mark goes, I need you. And then Eduardo goes, I'm here for you. And then Mark goes, no, I need the algorithm you use to rank chess players. And it's also very interesting, this interaction, right? Because Mark does say, I need you. And it's not even, regarding all that aside, Mark didn't ask Eduardo to be there. And then he's expecting, like, Eduardo to help him. Yeah. He just, like, fully, like, embraces the fact that, like, Eduardo is here, and he, like, sort of acts as if he was the one who asked Eduardo over to help him with something. Yeah. It's just, like, an expected thing that Eduardo will be there. Like, it's weird because it feels like Mark knew Eduardo knew that he broke up with Erica, regardless of the fact Mark did not tell anyone. No, but, like, Mark posted about it on LiveJournal, and then Eduardo comes over and he mentions his breakup with Erica, and then Mark just goes, how did you know about that? And he's like, it's on your live journal, like you're vlogging about it, and Eduardo's like, I can go online and look at it. And then Mark's like, oh yeah, and then he like completely acts as if he was the one who like asked Eduardo to come over. Yeah, at least what we see in the movie, a lot of their friendship is Eduardo giving Mark whatever he needs. Like the money with the thousand dollars. Yeah. This is another thing, like, I'm very confused about why they disregarded. Mark put in a thousand dollars too in real life. Yeah. But they completely disregard that in the movie. Yes, they disregard it, but, like, they don't even, like, just not mention that Mark also put in money. Like, in the court scenes, they, like, specifically say that only Eduardo had invested in the company, when that's just not true. Like, Yeah, that was... That was so wild. I was just like, I found that out in real life and I was just like, but like, why would you omit that? Like, obviously, like narratively, it's like a stronger thing where it's just like, oh, like Eduardo was the only one who put in the money. But it's also just like, why would you go to that far length? We talked about this before, but like the movie very much frames Mark as the antagonist of the movie, even though like he isn't. Yeah, he's like the tragic figure. Not like even the tragic figure because that's Eduardo. Like, we're not supposed to like Mark, whatever. Like, the movie makes it so, like, we're not supposed to like Mark. But, like, even, like, within that, they frame the movie like, we're not supposed to like Mark. Like, he didn't put any money for Facebook. He, like, diluted Eduardo's shares. He never gave Eduardo anything. Like, he, like, pushed Eduardo out of the company. You know, like, all of that. Like, we're supposed to, like, not like Mark, right? But, like, even within that, they also show, like, Mark not caring about people. They show that in the middle of it, too. Like, after Eduardo, like, breaks his laptop and, like, runs away. He doesn't run away. He gets kicked out, technically. That's true, but whatever, after he like breaks his laptop and then leaves, right, they cut to a shot of Mark sitting like alone, staring at like the laptop and looking at his business card. He doesn't like do anything, but it's like very much like that scene is framed as like a, oh no, like what have I done type of like thing. Like that's supposed to look like. He's like, I have my company and I have Facebook and I'm the CEO of Facebook, but like, does it matter in context because Eduardo is gone? Yeah, like, it's just, like, so, like, it's just so, like, weird. Like, that framing, I remember, I remember seeing that scene. And I'm like, what? Like, Also, Eduardo is yelling at him and Mark doesn't say anything. And then when Eduardo leaves, he's talking to Sean and Mark is just like, why did you do that? Why would you go so hard on him? Like, why were you so rough? Yeah. And, like, he didn't even argue with Eduardo. 
can't even argue with Eduardo. Also, like, isn't it in this scene like he's wearing Eduardo's old jacket? Like, is the it same the jacket? I don't know if it's this scene. It, or, I don't know. I don't know if it's this scene. I know Eduardo wears it. I don't know if this is the scene, but like, he might be. I don't actually remember. And then even in the part of the movie where they talk about like, you know, like pushing him out of the company, like they make it look like Mark's going to leave you behind. Even in that conversation, like you mentioned it, like Mark's warning Eduardo and he like wants him to come because he doesn't want to leave him behind. And like, that's not like implicit. Like that's not something that like, we like watch the thing like seven times. We're like, wait, this is what it sounds like. Like, no, that's the first time. Like, that's what it sounds like. He literally says, I need you. Don't tell him I said that. <laughs> yeah. Like it's so weird because it's like, okay, the movie wants us to not like Mark, but at the same time, the movie also frames mark as like kind of like a dumb kid who made like bad decisions yeah because it's like i think it's very obvious from our conversation but like we not like sympathize a lot with mark but we understand where mark is coming from we don't think mark is necessarily 100 percent in the wrong the movie frames it as if eduardo did nothing wrong he was trying his best but like was eduardo trying his best yeah it's weird and it might be it might just be because I also have like issues when it comes to like connecting with people. I do like sympathize with Mark in that like it's hard to like talk to people who like do not understand you and everyone in the movie does not understand Mark. There's not a single person in the movie besides Eduardo at the beginning of the movie who understands Mark. And besides Sean later a little bit. Except like Sean yeah. is just manipulating him the entire time so. Yeah yeah but Sean is just manipulating him and so it's like Eduardo, like, at the beginning of the movie, does understand Mark the most. Out of everyone that Mark knows, Eduardo understands him the most. It's, like, weird, because, like, I do sympathize with Mark in that, like, when, like, Eduardo leaves, Mark's like, well, shit, like, now no one knows where I'm coming from at all. Yeah. And then, like, Sean's just manipulating him the entire time. It's interesting because there's a scene when they launch Facebook, and Eduardo is thoroughly shocked to find out that his name is on the masthead, and he's like, you have no idea what that's going to mean to my father. And then Mark just goes, sure I do. Yeah, like, that scene, too. Like, it's, like, you want us to not like Mark, but, like, you also have him doing these other things. Also, there's, like, the entire, um, someone pointed out to me, but there's the Harvard chicken scene, right? Like, when they were in college and they're, like, talking and there's, like, the chicken and they're talking about the chicken in the newspaper in, like, real time when it's happening. And, like, Mark is just, oh, it's not a good look for the company, but he's also sort of joking about it in a way that he doesn't with anyone else. Yeah. And he's just like, haha, like, not a good look for the company. What if someone sees? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> And then, like, also, like, in the courtroom scene, like, it's, like, you want us to hate Mark, but then, like, in the courtroom scene, he's, like, there, and, like, the lawyer's, like, well, Mark didn't want us to bring this up. Oh, my God. I don't... Okay. The layers on that scene is... <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's, um... I think it's originally about Mark cheated on his art history final, right? Because they are talking about Facebook and how they're, like, yeah. using Facebook, and then Mark is using it to cheat on his art history final. And then... I don't remember the scene exactly, so I'm so sorry if I got it wrong. But then one of the lawyers goes like, oh, he was cheating. And Eduardo's just like, I don't see how this is relevant to the case, blah, 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 blah. He's like, oops, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't mean to bring this up. Yeah. And then later on in the scene, they're talking about the chicken. And then Mark doesn't say anything. Like, again, like, Eduardo is mad that Mark's lawyers brought up the chicken. He's, like, directing it at Mark. And again, Mark does not say anything. And then when the lawyer reveals Mark didn't have to tell us anything. And then we brought up with Mark. Mark specifically, like, did not want us to talk about this. Yeah. And then Mark just turns to Eduardo and just goes, oops. And I'm just like, yeah, like I'm like, what do you mean you're going to say oops back to Eduardo? Oops. <laughs> Aaron Sorkin, what the fuck? It's also, like, it's like a direct callback to when Eduardo said oops about the like, art history final. And it's just like, yeah. what does that mean? 
And then, like, the court, the courtroom scenes are so interesting to me. Because also, like, the courtroom scene, like, like, oh, shoot, I forgot exactly what they're talking about. But, like, Mark, like, says, like, you, you were my friend. And then, like, Eduardo's, like, I was or whatever. Like, he, like, says he's not his friend anymore. I, like, that scene, like, literally, like, hit me. I was like, I can't. I can't with this scene. Like, I want money. <laughs> because, uh, what is it? Like, because, like, Mark says, like, we were friends. Or, like, we are friends, right? I think it's present tense, maybe. Yeah, I think it's in present tense. And then Eduardo says later in a different scene, or maybe he says it earlier, but he says in a different scene, like, you had one friend. Yeah, I was your only friend or something like that. Yeah. And it's, like, obviously in the past tense. And then it, like, cuts to, like, Mark looking, like, visibly upset about that. It's this weird thing where I feel like, touched on this early, but it's like Mark sees his relationship with Eduardo inside Facebook as completely separate from his relationship with Eduardo outside Facebook. Whereas Eduardo sees his relationship to Mark as like, what is it? What's the word? I don't know. But like tied to Facebook. It is only exists within Facebook, which is why like probably like the shares thing like, yes, that would upset anyone because it's not something you want to happen at all. But like... 0.03%. <laughs> And it's like, yes, that is like a very bad thing to happen to anyone, regardless of whether or not you guys were friends or not. But I think part of like that and then also like the Palo Alto thing, Eduardo like thinks that if he is out of the company, he will not be able to be friends with Mark anymore. And so like that scene is where Mark realizes this. Like Mark realizes that like Eduardo does not want to be friends with Mark if it's not with Facebook. Yeah. At least in my head, that's what Mark's thinking. They never say anything to that, but in my head, that's what Mark's thinking. Like, again, it's just about the miscommunication and how they both want the same thing, which is to be friends, but the way they go about it and the way they show it are just totally incongruous to how the other person is doing it. Which, like, again, love languages, which is not necessarily like what we're talking about here, but it is two completely different ways of communicating. But they both want the same thing, but they don't know that they both want the same thing. Yeah. Neither of them, like, talk to each other about it. Even Eduardo, who's, like, the normal one, doesn't talk about it. It's interesting because no one else understands how they talk. Like, specifically, there's, like, the Marlon the Trout scene. Dustin is in that scene when Mark and Eduardo are fighting about that, and Eduardo brings that up. And then Dustin just goes, like, what is going on? Yeah, like, Dustin's just like, what, what is happening? <laughs> that scene is also interesting from, like, a framing compositional point of view, because there's, like, this one scene. Oh, 100%, yeah. There's, like, this one part where Eduardo is, like, talking to Mark. They're in, like, this sweet living room, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. And then Dustin is in his room, like, behind, not, like, a door, but, like, an open, like, frame. So Dustin is in the shot supposed to be separated from Mark and Eduardo. Yeah. And that's just so fascinating to me. So good. Oh my god. I literally, that's so good. And then later, um, even with Sean at the laptop smashing scene, Eduardo asked Mark, like, is this about the chicken? And then Sean's just like, what the hell's the chicken? <laughs> yeah, and Sean's just like, what the hell? Even in that scene, I don't remember that framing exactly, but like, from what I do remember of it, is Sean ever shown full-bodied in that scene? I don't remember. I don't think so. Because I feel like he wasn't, which like, I remember that earlier and I should have checked, but that scene is also like very clearly about Mark and Eduardo and like Sean's just kind of there, but like not engaged in the scene at all, except for like being confused. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> I remember I talked about this when we first recorded, but I don't actually remember what I said about it, but it was about specifically how Sean is almost Mark's keeper in the sense that he's like, oh, don't talk to Mark, he's wired in. And then Eduardo is like, oh, is he wired in? Like, I can't tell. Yeah, like, oh, oh, is he? <laughs> yeah, and actually, like, no, let's go to a different topic. Attention in the movie. That specifically embodies a lot of the problems that Eduardo and Mark have, which is this idea of attention and how Eduardo, like, I think he specifically says it, like, I wanted to get your attention when he's talking about the freezing the bank accounts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Eduardo specifically, like, I did it because I wanted to get your attention because you were off with Sean agreeing to do something with Sean or whatever, right? And that's so fascinating to me because if you boil it down, that is essentially what Eduardo wants. Yeah, and, like, I think Eduardo just wants Mark's attention. But Mark gives it to him. Yeah, yeah. Like, Mark gives it to him. It's just that Eduardo does not understand that Mark is giving him attention. And the laptop smashing scene. Like, specifically when he smashes the laptop, he does it because Mark is wired in and, like, giving attention to Facebook, essentially, right? And so, this is, like, the only time in the movie, besides freezing the bank accounts, where he, like, very explicitly does something to get Mark's attention. Every other time, he always wants it, but he never actually... He doesn't get it in the way that he thinks is attention. Because even in the restaurant scene, uh, before Sean gets there and they're talking, like, Mark is very attentive listening to him. Yeah. And he, like, very obviously wants, even after that scene, when they're in the car and they're talking about ads, Mark very much wants Eduardo to understand why they don't have ads. Yeah. Yes, Mark pays attention to Sean, but a lot of that's also, like, the effect of Sean just manipulating Mark to do what he wants. Whereas I feel like the only times that Mark talks to someone else voluntarily, like, seeks them out and talks to them is with Eduardo. Like, in the party, like, he goes and finds Eduardo just to talk to him about this. And then, like, the scene at the beginning of the movie where he just acts like he asked Mark to come. Like, <laughs> Do you want to... I don't know if you remember what you said last time, but I remember very specifically you said something about Sean. Do I remember? It was something about, um... About how, like, Eduardo saw Sean as a threat to his relationship oh, to Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, So, I, th I think I remember what I'm talking about. I don't know if I'm going to say, like, the exact same thing. I do remember what you're talking about, but, like, because Eduardo's, like, fine. Like, Eduardo's relationship with Mark is fine up until, like, they meet Sean. Because this is the first time that Eduardo's seen Mark essentially be a fanboy. Like, essentially, Mark is Sean's fanboy, right? Like, he's like, oh my god, he created Napster. And Eduardo, like, sees Mark starting to, like, give his attention to Eduardo. And he, like, mentions it in the courtroom scene as well where he's like well i've never seen mark so like enraptured where he's like talking and like mark's paying attention and eduardo notices this where he doesn't notice it with himself and mark's paying attention he starts to listen to sean right over like what he's doing with facebook eduardo sees sean as this threat to his friendship with mark eduardo thinks that like mark is becoming friends with sean because he doesn't want to be friends with eduardo anymore like or best friends with eduardo anymore Whereas Mark sees Sean as just the company. Because, like, Mark doesn't care about Sean. Like, even through the movie, Mark does not care about Sean outside of the company. Even when they're, like, doing the scene where they shout in the club, Sean, like, tries to talk to Mark about, like, Victoria's Secret models or whatever. And Mark's just like, no, I just want to talk about the company. Like, that's the only reason I am here. And Eduardo thinks his relationship with Mark is only through Facebook, whereas the reality is that Mark's relationship with Sean is only through Facebook. And Mark's relationship with Eduardo is that of, like, an actual friend. And, like, you see that, like, Mark doesn't think this in the scene where Sean shows up at the Palo Alto house. I don't remember that scene exactly, but I feel like when I watched it, it was like Mark was kind of upset. Yeah, because um, they were doing, they were like ziplining into the pool and then like the thing broke. Yeah. And then so, what was it? Sean was like across the street, like at some girl's house and like came over. And then Mark was like, why are you like here? Like, this is not necessary. Sean is this like homewrecker. In like, <laughs> in like Eduardo's eyes, Sean is like a homewrecker, like coming in between his relationship. And that's why he starts getting like so much more upset about not getting Mark's attention. Going out to California was Eduardo's idea, but he sees Mark agree to it because of Sean. So then he starts being like, maybe we shouldn't do that. And Eduardo sounds like a jealous boyfriend. <laughs> And also, like, again, like, I do not, yes, like, I understand them, people shipping them romantically, but, like, I do not personally ship them romantically, but, like, he does sound like a jealous boyfriend. Yeah, I think I agree with you in the sense it is, 
it's difficult because like the movie is not about romance and if they were to explicitly like make it about romance i would have been like it would have like weakened a lot of the points that it makes i agree yeah but then because it's about like the ambiguity and the fact that neither of them really know what they want and neither of them like on some level really understand what is going on as shown by like mark not knowing that what we say about the courtroom scene when with yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. anyway <laughs> that was not a coherent sentence but it's <laughs> fine um and but it's like very hard to be like oh they're just friends because it's like well the movie doesn't really support that either <laughs> okay in my mind the way i ship them <laughs> is not romantically but it's also like not purely platonically like you know like when you have these friends that like you've been with for such a long time that it's like you know like you're not you you would never want to date them but like you don't want to not know them anymore. You know what I mean? And like, I feel like that's the relationship in my mind is just they both care for each other a really like a large amount, more than you would for like a friend, but like less, not less, you know, not in the same way that you would for like a romantic partner. In my mind that like fits really well with like the ambiguity of the relationship. Even though like Eduardo says like, I was his friend, I was his only friend or whatever they don't know where they stand ever throughout the movie they don't know like where they stand except for like right at the beginning even in the courtroom scene like mark still thinks that they're like friends like personally or like they could become friends again like after this lawsuit is over we could be friends again yeah like mark doesn't think that relationship is completely and totally destroyed like eduardo does i think in like going back to my early point i think once sean comes into play that's when they start getting actual yes the relationship was ambiguous before but like once sean comes into play it becomes so much more central that the relationship is ambiguous at least to eduardo where like eduardo doesn't know exactly like where he stands with mark ever and then mark assumes that eduardo does yeah oh it's so difficult because it's like and i think that's like also and that's like sorry go you can go first okay i think that's also like why it's like so tragic the movie because it's like I was gonna be like, and that's why this makes it a tragedy. No, like, the movie is, like, so tragic, like, because of that. At the end of the movie, they both get what they want, what they said they wanted verbally, right? Because Mark gets Facebook, and he's the CEO of Facebook, and it's this big billion-dollar company. And Eduardo, like, wins the lawsuit, which is what he wanted, like, at the end of the movie. But, like, neither of them win. (laughs) But, like, neither of them wanted it. So it's, like, this dichotomy of, like, well, I got everything I asked for, but it's not what I want. Like, the thing about tragedy, right, specifically as, like, a genre, I guess, is that there was nothing they could have done to prevent it either. Like, the intent behind tragedy is that, like, yes, it's, like, a sad story, but the idea is that, like, it's sad because there is no other option. There was no other thing they could have done but do this. Yeah, like, there's no one to blame either, except for maybe Sean. But (laughs) I don't like Sean. In case you haven't noticed throughout this podcast, I think Sean's not good. No, the meme of, um, the meme of, like, uh, it's, like, the intervention thing I told you about. It's, like, the intervention, and it's, like, hi, I'm Sean Parker, and I've been dealing with homophobia my entire life. We do not like Sean. But I do not like Sean, because, like, also, like, Sean's, like, I feel like Sean's very obviously manipulative. Yeah. He reaches out to Mark, right? He, like, sees her, he sees, like, Facebook or whatever. And I think in that first restaurant scene, like, he notices Mark is a fanboy. And so, like, he, like, knows that and he just kind of, like, manipulates Mark into, like, doing things and, like, manipulates Mark into keeping Sean as, like, an advisor. I think Sean realizes, at least, like, I don't know if... I don't know how much of this is supported by the movie. This might just be all my head headcanon because I don't like Sean. But I feel like Sean does realize Eduardo plays a role in Mark's life. 
Oh no, 100%. He 100% realizes, which is why he never tells Mark we need to kick Eduardo and the company. He just keeps making moves and keeps manipulating the situation so that in the end to Mark, it seems like the only option they can do is kick Eduardo out of the company. Yeah, and like I think, I don't know how to explain, like even in the Palo Alto like scene where like Mark comes out and says, I need you, don't tell Sean I said that. I feel like there's very much like contentious relationship between Mark and Sean, but like it's very underlying. Like it's not like the big explosive emotional like, arguments that Mark and Eduardo are having, but it's more under, more subtle. Yeah, because like at the end of the movie, there's a question of who called the cops at Sean's party and then they imply it's Mark. But, like, there's never really an answer. Yeah, because, like, it's also, like, why isn't Mark there? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like what is going on there? And there's also the thing about how, it, at the end, it's very ambiguous whether or not Sean is in the company. Because Sean is not really mentioned in the deposition scenes as part of Facebook in the present. After the very end of the movie where the P gets called at the party, right? Like, that's sort of the last time we ever hear about Sean in his life. Like, even in, like, any of the deposition scenes, we only talk about Sean in relation to, like, the Harvard era, right? Yeah. We don't know what happens to Sean afterwards, and we don't know if he just got kicked out or whatever by Mark. Yeah. But, like, yeah, the thing about Sean just, like, manipulating the situation, knowing that Eduardo is a huge part of Mark's life, but never being... I think David Fincher said this in the DVD commentary, or he said it at some point. He says, Sean is smart, and Sean knows that if he were to ever do that he would be the one who had kicked out. Sean is very much aware that if he's just like, we should kick Eduardo out, or maybe Eduardo's not a good fit for the company, Mark would personally be like, you're not part of Facebook anymore. Like, I don't want you part of my life. Eduardo is like too important for me. And it's also like, Sean's like, it's not really subtle because it's like a movie, so you don't really have time to be subtle, but like- I mean, it's a two hour long movie. (laughs) That's true. But like, Sean like slowly getting more and more involved in Mark's life, First, it, like, starts with, like, the meeting, you know? But he didn't even set up through Mark. He set up through Christy. But like, he meets Mark at this meeting, right? And then, like, the next time, like, we see Sean talking and stuff is, like, at the bar where it's, like, just him and Mark. And there's that one scene where he, like, sends Mark to, like, basically say F you to those people who rejected him or something. Yeah. And then, like, Sean, like, moves in with Mark. They imply that he's, like, basically living there at this point. Because, like, they, like, because we know Sean doesn't have, like, a house or anything. And he, like, invites girls over, too. Yeah, like, he invites girls over and he starts taking liberties with that. And Mark's just kind of, like, there. I feel like it's very obvious that Mark doesn't enjoy this either. Mark is very much like, I am uncomfortable with this, but I do not know how to, like, get rid of him at this point. So, like, he does that. And then, like, he's, like, part of the company. So, like, I feel like that's, like, a very blatant show of, like, Sean just, like, manipulating Mark into, like, doing, like, what he wants. Yeah, and... Eduardo is like so jealous of this relationship that doesn't even mean anything to Mark. Goes back again to like, Eduardo thinks everything to Mark is about Facebook when it's never been about Facebook. Yeah, I think it's like a lot about it's like about attention. Cause like in Mark's mind, he's like, oh, I'm giving Facebook my attention. But then in Eduardo's mind, I'm giving Sean my attention. Eduardo assumes that Mark's paying attention to Facebook because of Sean. Whereas in reality, in my mind at least, it is in spite of Sean. And so, <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I feel like in Mark's mind, there is like Facebook, which includes Sean in that Venn diagram bubble. And then there is Eduardo. And like, Eduardo is part of Facebook, but it's Eduardo himself deserves my attention, like, according to Mark, you know? Yeah, like a Venn diagram. Yeah. 
And then, like, for Eduardo, Eduardo, like, does not notice Mark paying attention to him, but, like, he does notice Mark paying attention to Facebook. But, like, Facebook is also a large part at this time also Sean because, you know, Sean's living at his house, you know, like, bringing girls over. He's, like, arranging business meetings. Yeah. And Eduardo's like, oh, like, he's giving Sean so much attention and I wanted this. So it's just, like, communicate, goddammit. <laughs> There's also the, um, because... Oh my god, there's like this one specific scene in the movie and I can't remember it for the life of me anymore. But like, okay, here's like a non-conclusive list of like other stuff that happens, right? Is that like, when he goes to like the ad board, right? Mark is there by himself, but then Eduardo also- Yeah, Eduardo's like standing outside, like waiting. Yeah, he's like, like standing waiting. outside waiting, and it's like, why was this necessary? Like, at all. Also like, sorry, this is like kind of a non-point, but it's also like, Eduardo like, at the party- and Mark's like, let's go outside and talk. And Eduardo's like, it's freezing out there. And then just goes. Like, he, it's not even, like, a protest. It's just, like, an assertion. Like, it's just, like, oh, it's freezing out there. Let's go. Like, it's, and like, then such... while he's outside, he's so cold. But he, at no point, is, like, let's go inside. Yeah. It's, like, less than a token protest. Like, it's not even, like, oh, I don't want to go. It's, it's cold outside. It's literally just, like, it's so cold outside. And then they're outside. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, it was about the money, I think. Mark very specifically says in the movie he wanted to do Facebook with Eduardo. Like, he wanted to do Facebook with his friend. I think this is the quote you were talking about where he was, like, with a friend, right? Yeah. And in the context of this scene, right, it is because he's been, like, dragging Divya and Cameron and uh, Tyler along because he's like, oh, I'll program this website for you. But then he, like, doesn't. And then he's like, it was my idea. Like, you just wanted, like, a dating site. But I did, like, an entirely different thing. And so... There is this thing where it is, like, Mark wants to do this with Eduardo. It's very much baked into, like, the very beginning of Facebook, where Mark wanted to do Facebook with Eduardo. Yeah, because it's, like, he could definitely do, and, like, yes, like, part of it is, like, he doesn't like the fact that, like, Cameron, Tyler, and Divya think that, like, they're doing Mark a favor by, like, letting yeah, him do it. Yeah, because it's, like, another thing of fame and, like, power. yeah. But it's, like, very clear that, like, also, like, Mark doesn't want to do it with them. If he wanted to do just Facebook, if he just wanted to do Facebook, he probably would have just done it with them regardless. And also if he just wanted the money. Yeah, like, they're rich. Like, they're known to be, like, like a rich white boy. Like, that's their whole character. He could have gotten the money from them. And in the court deposition scene, I think uh, Mark gets very upset at the fact that, like, the lawyer kind of implies that the only reason why Mark was, like, friends with Eduardo at the time was, like, for his money. And it's also, like, if you look at it, the facts, it's like, well, like, he could have gotten the money from other places. Like, he could have just stolen money from Divya and Tyler. And it is, like, a huge point that they make in the movie, like, explicitly multiple times. Mark does not care about money. Mark doesn't sell his, like, um, synapse or whatever it is uh, for, like, one or two million dollars. He's just, like, uploaded it for free because he was just like, why would I sell it, right? Like, what's the point? Because Mark doesn't care about money. He cares about fame and, like, being known, which is why he wants to go into a final club because then he can know other people who will know him. And then, you know, he's, like, 500 million friends. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The idea is that, like, not that he wants to become a billionaire, but it is the idea that, like, he wants to be known. He wants to be famous and he wants to be known for something. Yeah, like, yeah, no, it, it's it's this thing where it's like, he asked Eduardo, yes, because like Eduardo had the money, but they do imply that Mark knows that like Eduardo's dad like wants him to like be something. It's like in the masthead, like, yeah, I do know why, like here's a big deal to your father, you know? And I think that's like also like part of the reason why he's like, okay, well, like, can you give me the money? You'll be part of this too. 
it's not like he's doing Eduardo a favor, but it's more like, oh, like, you're my friend, and I want to do it with you, and it can help you. Yeah. I've said this before, but, like, there's an entire implication of Mark being jealous of Eduardo for being in a final club, like the Phoenix, which is counterintuitive to what they explicitly say about Mark wanting fame, because at this point, he's in created Facebook. Like, does it matter if he got to the Phoenix or not? Like, does it matter to him? And it doesn't. Yeah, I think he said this too, but it's like, it's like, it goes back to like that thing of like attention. Whereas before this, Mark and Eduardo were like, you know, like best friends. Eduardo was like his only friend. And so like, Eduardo was giving Mark and Facebook by extension more of his attention. And then he like gets into the finals club and like now he's doing all these things for the finals club and Mark doesn't have his attention anymore. I feel like this is the first time Mark has gone through what Eduardo sees with Sean, where it's like, this is the first time Mark's like, wait, Eduardo isn't giving me attention, what is this? Because Eduardo has like always given him attention again, the whole like, I need you, I'm here for you. Yeah, because he's going off to do stuff with the Phoenix and he's like off getting hazed, but um... You know. (laughs) You know, like regular like fraternity-esque things. And Mark isn't a part of that. And it's not that Mark wants to be in a final club necessarily. It's more that now at this point, he's just like, Eduardo isn't here anymore. Eduardo said he would be here for me. Yeah. Oh, the, like that three line exchange of I need you. I'm here for you. No, I need you for, I need you for your algorithm. For the chest it's such a good embodiment of like their relationship. Right? And then... I feel like the implied part of Eduardo reading Mark's live journal at 2 a.m. in the morning, it's just like... (laughs) Yeah, and it's... There's a part where Mark gets a cease and desist order because Cameron and Divya and Tyler are like, you stole our idea, like, what? This is like IP copyright or whatever. And he sends them the letter and then Eduardo finds it because Mark was like, this isn't a big deal, so he didn't mention it. And he's like, I'm the person who wants to help you. Like, I want to help you and like deal with problems with you. And Eduardo says like, I'm here for you. And he says that. And so to Mark, he's like, Eduardo is going to be here. And then Eduardo isn't, he's not in Palo Alto or he's back in New York doing an internship. If like, if Eduardo is fixated on the fact that like Mark isn't giving him attention, Mark is very fixated on the fact that like Eduardo said he would be there and like Eduardo's never there. Yeah, the whole thing with like Mark asking Eduardo to come back to Palo Alto, like that's also like Mark just asking him to like be there again. Yeah, it's so much. It's like, how did you put so much into a movie? Honestly. Like it is a two hour movie, but like, how did you do this? Because like I, like this is like off topic, this is more general, but like I don't watch movies because of this reason. The opposite of this reason, I guess. Because like, I feel like I'm always like unsatisfied with movies because I feel like there's so much more like they could do, but it's also like, I get it, it's like only two hours. So it's like short and you can't really like build up a lot. But like somehow they did it. The thing about movies, right? Like a lot of the time is that because of their length, you have to have a plot. And then the plot is usually cut and dry i mean that too but like the plot is usually like so like you have to hit certain things at certain times in the movie that it's so rigid you can't allow the characters to grow at all like you can't explore things you can't like be subtle as you said earlier right like you can but then you can't it's very difficult to find a movie like the social network which combines plot which is dry like when we're trying to explain what the social network is about it's literally just oh it's about like lawsuits and the creation of facebook it sounds so dry i think part of that also like played into like the ease that they could put in other stuff to it is because like it was such a simple plot yeah but like the way they put in the other stuff is also just ridiculous yeah and that's why i watch like tv shows more often because i feel like there's like more time to like build up to things and more time to like do interesting things and subtle things with theme and everything 
and like character growth, obviously, I feel like it's a very big part of TV shows. And movies don't usually have that. Like movies usually do not have much character growth unless character growth is yeah. the story. It's difficult in movies too because it's difficult to have like a lot of characters and then it's difficult to have your main characters change so much or like establish your characters with someone else and then like, um, what is it called? Like establish your characters with someone else and like show their relationship. But like the social network does that. Like even though Mark and Eduardo aren't every scene together or they're not in every scene period, yeah. Like, there's just so much shown in every frame, and there's so much being told to us in every frame, yeah. but also every single line of dialogue and, like, everything that happens is necessary for the story. Yeah. They, like, hit the jackpot when it came to, like, plot advancement and, like, character and, like, actual, like, you know, the meat of the story. And it's also like, even though we say like a lot of the other characters outside of Mark and Eduardo are just plot devices to enhance the story further, they all also like mean something else. They all also factor in in a way that isn't just what they do for the plot. Yeah, they all have their own lives and they all, outside of the plot, are representative of something else. Erica, yeah. in my opinion, is representative of Mark's relationship with Eduardo because at the very end, especially when he's refreshing her Facebook page because he like friend requested her, that scene is not about Erica. Like, that scene is about how Eduardo is now gone for good and they're gonna sign the NDAs and whatnot, right? And it's like... Yeah. Like, his relationship with Eduardo is over. And so he's trying to reach out to, like, the person that... In the second scene that Erica's in with Mark, he, like, goes over at the bar to talk to Erica and Erica doesn't want to talk to him. And then when Mark comes back, Eduardo's like, you apologize, right? Like, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to apologize. Yeah. And so trying to friend Erica is like symbolic of him trying to and wanting to apologize to Eduardo. Yeah, I did not realize that because I didn't realize that's what Eduardo said. But my my thought on that scene was um, more geared on the first scene like the, of the movie with Erica, where he's like talking to Erica and Erica says, I, I forgot exactly what her line was, but it's you're like... You're going to go through life thinking that people don't like you because you're a nerd. And I want you to know from the bottom of my heart that that's not true. It's going to be because you're an asshole. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I thought that, like, he was, like, refreshing her page because of that. Because he's like, oh, shit, I mean, like, she was right. Too. Like, that also plays into it, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, shit, like, she, like, I am an asshole, and that's why Eduardo's leaving me. Like, that's why he doesn't like no, me. No, there's so many layers to this. <laughs> like, I'm telling you. There's so many layers to this. And I think it's also, like, the thing, like, I think I told you this earlier, where it's, like, he only had, like, two people in his life that told him that he was doing things wrong which is, like, Eduardo and Erica. Because Erica's, like, said, like, oh, you're an asshole, and then, like, blew him off at the bar later. And Eduardo, like, also, like, said, like, you were wrong, but, like, nicer, because they were friends. But Eduardo, like, did call out Mark on, like, his BS. And then, like, we don't know what happened with Sean. Sean's, like, out of the picture, but Mark doesn't like Sean. I think Mark understands that, like, having someone in your life to tell you that you fucked up is a good thing. And he wanted, like, someone like that back, which is Erica, because now Eduardo's gone for good. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, there's just so many layers to it. And it's also, like, as much as we're talking about Mark and Eduardo, like, Tyler, Divya, and Cameron play a huge role in this movie, too. I don't know. It's, like, weird because it's, like, almost tangential, but, like, also everything that they do is necessary. And also, like, they have scenes, like, just dedicated to those three characters. And it's very weird because even with all that, it doesn't feel superfluous. And there's still so much. Like, we're losing so much screen time with just those three characters. But, like, there's still so much with, like, Mark and Eduardo, which is, again, just, they just did everything super well. Yeah. Like, like they did not waste <laughs> anything. 
Because usually, like, in TV shows, it's, like, they don't, not, like, they waste stuff, but they waste stuff by having too much. And then, like, in movies, it's, like, they waste stuff because they don't have enough. And then, like, this movie somehow just does it. Somehow did both. That was very, or no, it does both. It doesn't have both either. And it's just, like, Also, how? there's the, um, the economy of words, right? Oh, yeah, no, I love it. It's just something that I just, I, like, stand by economy, which is why everything I write is really short, but it's, like, not good, because I'm not good at using an economy of words, but, like, I do very much like the idea that, like, you can say a lot with just a few yeah, words. Yeah, but, like, that's what this script does. That's literally what this script does. Like, something I noticed later was, like, their conversations, besides the super emotional ones, are, like, not that long. The scenes are longer, but I feel like they don't, I don't know how to explain what I'm trying to say. They say a lot with very little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like the meat of the conversation is not that much. Does that make sense? I think so. I think I know what you're talking about. But, um, there's that one scene. Like, that one scene where, like, they're getting, like, a beer in, like, the suite or whatever. And, like... Oh, my God. I've been thinking about this scene this entire time. And I was like, how can I bring this up? And two of them. And he's gonna <laughs> hand one to Mark. But Mark grabs one for himself. And it's just, like... It's yeah. just a minor thing, and it's not even in the script. Like, I looked through the script for it, and it's not in the script. It's just something that happened, and they kept it in, where, again, it's, like, attention, right? And Wardo is, like, trying to, like, do something for Mark, and then Mark ignores it. Yeah. It's also, like, the thing where it's, like, Mark doesn't realize that people do that. But it, like, goes both ways. Yeah. Exactly. It's so wild. This movie's so good. This movie is the reason why I, like, the reason why I remember why I like movies. I remember finishing this movie and I was like, oh, movies can be good. <laughs> yes, there are good movies. I will say, like, there are good movies. I'm not saying there aren't any good movies except for The Social Network. But in my experience, the vast majority of movies... They're so far and few between. And, like, also, like, I said this in the first episode. I, maybe I did. Maybe I just blanked on it. But, like, you know, like, I'm a giant Marvel nerd. Specifically, like, the cinematic universe is, like, I live there, you know? I will admit, like, those movies aren't the greatest. Like... <laughs> I understand that, like, they're not, like, you know, the best movies ever made. They are good movies, but it's also, like, I don't want to re-watch a lot of them. Whereas, like, The Social Network, I've, like, I literally, since, like, the five months I've watched it, I've, like, rewatched scenes, and, like, I haven't had time to rewatch the whole movie, but, like, I want to soon. Yeah. I'm very picky about what I watch. Not necessarily because, like, I don't have time to watch things. I just, like, I don't know how to explain it. I just, like, am very picky about the movies I watch because I don't really have time to sit down and, like, watch anything for, like, that long. And so yeah and like when i go to theaters i'm like very picky about what i watch too so it's just very interesting because like i've seen a lot of good movies but like the social network was one that like i just did not expect <laughs> to be so good like when i watched parasite or like portrait of a lady on fire i was like i'm expecting these to be good but the social network is about the creation of facebook i think like recently like i haven't watched actually okay i won't count parasite in it because of course it's a good movie you know but I remember the last two movies that I remember like watching that were like really good in my eyes. I was like, wait, like this is a good movie is The Social Network and like The Old Guard. But like The Old Guard for a very different reason than The Social Network. The Old Guard, yes, there's like stuff they talk about, but it's also like it is like a movie that's like, yay, gratuitous violence, you know? Like, um, <laughs> oh, I did really like Birds of Prey. Actually, I forgot about Birds of Prey. I did really like Birds of Prey. But again, Birds of Prey is also like, oh yeah, like, gratuitous violence. Like, Birds of Prey says other things, but it's also just like a fun movie. Birds of Prey it's does also say just other a fun things. movie, but like it's much better than just a fun movie. A hundred percent. But I think that's like what I'm trying to say is like the social network shocked me too because it's like not like an enjoyment movie. I feel like you don't watch the social network just to like be like, yay, a movie. I feel like even if you do that, you come out of it with something else. 
Right? Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of the movies that, like, are, like, really good movies that I've watched recently are still, like, movies that, like, oh, like, you can watch it and be like, yay, violence, yay, fighting, like, yay, like, you know, just, like, fun stuff. Even Birds of Prey, like, they they do a lot of stuff in the movie and they talk about a lot of things, but it's also, like, if you don't want to think about those, you don't have to when you watch the movie. Where, like, the social network forces you to think about these things. Yeah. I am so fascinated by, like, the idea of fame in this movie because it's not tied to money. Yeah. Okay, I might talk about, okay, I'm gonna, like, bench and Unis on us a little bit, but it's kind of, like, this idea that you can be, like, immortal, kind of, like, you want to be known for something, but you don't want to, like, gain anything out of it. What you gain out of being known isn't really important. There's some way to, like, live forever, and that's, like, you, if you're known, you know? Which, like, they talk about in Unis on us a lot, which is why I thought of it. I mean, that's just, like, the thing about endings, right? Yeah. Um, and we're over time, technically, so... <laughs> This has been Mark Wardo, one out of question mark. And it is going to be one out of question mark because... Because also, like, this is the fourth hour that we've talked about this. And we didn't even we didn't even talk about the stuff we talked about the first time. And then there's, like, a lot of other comparisons to be made about, like, uh, specifically, like, Silicon Valley, the TV show. Oh my god, we didn't even talk I about know, Silicon Valley. I know, I wow. okay. my essay. This is really one out of question mark, isn't it? And then we also didn't get to talk about the fandom too much, because I think the fandom is also very interesting. Anyway, this has been episode one that we recorded. I hope you enjoyed this. I always, I don't know how to end episodes. I don't know how to begin episodes. It's all just a mess. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Check our descriptions for all of the socials and anything that we want to link in the description if we do. I hope you enjoyed the first episode. DM us if you want to. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the first episode. I hope you stay past it. Also, if you DM us, like, it, it does not have to be about, like, like it can be about oh, 100%. anything. 100%. It does like, not it have to be, be about anything. anything. Or you could just be, like, tell us a topic and we'll talk to you about that topic. Like, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> Chances are we have thoughts. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the first episode. Thanks for listening. Catch us down at our socials. And. Yeah, we'll see y'all next uh, week. I don't remember what the next episode is, but, like, have fun with that episode, too. No, the next episode is with Shay. Oh, it's with Shay, yes. Yeah, next episode with Shay, where we go insane. So have fun with that, I guess. Thanks for listening. Bye. I'm still really proud of my, um, my Katie text to you. Oh my god. I don't know why that made me laugh. I, <laughs> like, out loud. The thing is, like, I did not, the thing is, like, I, like, until that moment, like, until, like, I thought of that joke, I didn't know, like, I didn't quite understand what, like, the eye mouth eye emoji was supposed to represent. <laughs> And then I was like, wait a second, this is it. This is what that is supposed to <laughs> represent. The only, so because I don't like eye mouth eye jokes, but that one I was just like, this is the perfect encapsulation of what this is supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, like literally, I was like, this is it. This is the one. Yeah. Um, gosh. <laughs>